Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grace Unscripted. I'm so excited for you to hear our episode today. We're going to be hearing from Audrey Wallace. And I think you're really going to love how she walks through a lot of how God has kind of navigated the twists and turns of her life, uh, done all kinds of things, whether it's with travel or opening up her home or just the way that God has even used the relationships in her life. Uh, it's, it's just awesome to see how God has nudged her and to see tons and tons of fruit from that. So uh, sit back, grab something to drink, and uh, why don't we listen to this great story uh, with Audrey Wallace. Well, hey, Audrey, how are you doing? Hey, doing good. Awesome. Are you ready to uh, dive in and to all of the details of your story and all that stuff with us? Yeah, let's just <laughs> summarize my life right here. Let's do it. That's awesome. So um, actually, let's go ahead and jump in a little bit. Like, why don't you kind of give us um, just a little bit of an overview of your story. I mean, you've, you've been connected at Grace for a long time. I've known you now for, I feel like, well, at least over a decade now. I mean, it's mm-hmm. been a while. Um, and you've been involved in all kinds of things. Like, I don't know, if I'm being honest, you and even your husband, Gary, you've been fascinated to me, which is cool. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, just um, wh- what's kind of your story? Like, how did your journey and all that kind of stuff get started? Fascinating is a good word for it. I like that <laughs> word. Um Thanks, Joe. Well, um, yeah, I guess rewinding back a bit, growing up in, hmm, so I grew up in the Methodist church. I hear a lot of people say, like, I grew up in, like, a Christ-centered home, and I Mm -hmm. wouldn't say I grew up in a Christ-centered home, but I definitely went to church every week, which I guess, as I say that out loud even, is a reflection for me, because I knew about God my whole life. I went to church every week, and I was the kid that was excited to be there. Everybody else was like, Mom, why am I here? And I was like, you know, front of the class kind of um, person. But it was just always part of my life. And with that came that expectation that it was just this thing that was part of my life. There wasn't revolutionary life change or anything like that that I experienced. Um, So that that was really my upbringing. And then I guess a pivotal point for me would have been meeting my husband. Mm-hmm. And he he did have a Christ-centered home. And so how he, did you guys meet? Oh, boy. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, so my husband is Gary, Gary Wallace. Um, we were both in college. We did not go to the same college, but we had mutual friends that brought us together at a house party in Kent. Okay, <laughs> so that's that's where it began. And it was really just eyes across a crowded room. And if you've ever met Gary, he has these wonderful blue eyes. And I kind of like felt them looking at me <laughs> from across the room. So that was the day that we met. And then we left that party. But those mutual friends kind of rec- recognized that spark. So a few months later, we were both single. And the friends were like, hey, you guys should... You should talk. That was in 2003. Wow. And here we are now. Yeah, we're so young, aren't we? <laughs> like when you start saying things that are like nearly 20 years ago, it's like, right. whoa. Yeah. Wow, it's crazy. Yeah, very cool. So how did meeting him mm-hmm. like start to, I mean, other than falling in love and then eventually you got mm-hmm. married and stuff like that, but like how did that start to alter your life and story? Mm-hmm. So our our beliefs lined up really well, which was very important to me. There was a lot of things that we had an agreement on, and we started going to church together, and he grew up in a non-denominational Christian home, life groups, like the whole integration of, of life and God and all that. Um, so that was new to me, and I really, really liked that. I remember going to his church, and it was a Bible-preaching ter- church, and just feeling like I was a sponge sitting there every mm. weekend. So many good, and it's similar to what we have now. And so our pastor, every week, would do this cute little thing. He was an older guy, and he um, would have you close your eyes. I guess it wasn't every week, but it was occasionally. He would have you close your eyes and he would say, all right, nobody else is looking. If you feel 
like something is pulling on your heart today and if you want to make a life decision, you can raise your hand. Nobody will know. Okay. So I've, I've made decisions in my life, right? As a kid, I, you know, I don't know that I even knew I needed to pronounce Jesus as my savior. That's how like it was God oriented, not Jesus oriented. So this was something new for me to learn. So in that pride, I thought, well, I don't, I already am a Christian. Do mm-hmm. I need to like make a new statement? And I didn't understand that. But I was sitting there crying, and it, it felt like something was in my heart. And this message that he gave that day, the very end was, he had lunch with a nun every month. And at 70-something years old, this nun gave her life to Christ Wow! in these conversations with him. And I thought, all right, Audrey, swallow the pride and just say, something needs to change here, whether it's just a re, it's a maturing or, you know, anything like that, a recommitment. Let's make a change today. So as we all closed our eyes, now Gary's sitting right next to me and I like, as like without moving as much as possible, <laughs> I rose my hand and put it right back down so he couldn't tell. And I'm also like trying to cover up the fact I'm crying. And then, um, you know, we all opened our eyes and the pastor said, if anybody rose their hand, you can go around back to this room and talk to someone. So I'm like, Gary, I'll be right back. I'm going to go to the bathroom. And okay, so back to rewind a bit. In my household, my dad didn't, didn't come to church with us in mm-hmm. this process. My mom was our champion for going to church. Um, so that was a big thing for me, just that feeling of missing out on that as part of our family. So, And also another fun thing is this is about two or three weeks before our wedding. So as I try to secretly slip away and keep this private thing private and this like pride thing private, I'm walking down the hallway and Gary grabbed my arm and he said, hey, you don't have to go alone. Mm. He knew what was going on. Wow. And he stopped with me and he walked there with me. So now my, this man who's about to be my husband went there with me and almost really took me to that place by bringing me into this church. So yeah, that's that's a bit more about how we met and how we grew yeah. into that transition from like I believe in God to like I follow Jesus. Yeah, I did not expect to tear up today, so thanks a lot <laughs> for that. Um, but I mean, that's that's what a beautiful way to start the married part of your relationship to just right away know he's actually there with you. And then I was baptized the week before our wedding in wow. pro- in part of that they had a baptism already planned, and they said, "Would you like to join in?" And I said, "Yes." Wow, that's amazing. I would, I would love. Um, I know in some ways this isn't won't be about your personal story, but I'd love to hear you talk about like your passion to help people see what you've discovered. Mm-hmm. Like, because you, like you said, I grew up Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up, but like then I realized there was something about Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Like, so in your words, I don't want to put them in your mouth. Like. How would you encourage someone that maybe grew up in a Christian household or grew up going to church like to really try to discover some of those things that you discovered? Well, my friend Hannah puts it this way every time. There's more. No mm, matter where you're yeah. at in your depth of knowledge and understanding and relationship with Christ, there's always more, which is so cool. Mm-hmm. So I lived in, you know, at Grace Church, we talk about being an infant or a toddler or as you mature mm-hmm. on this side of the cross, right? So I was an infant for a really long time. And so this acknowledging that there's more. Okay, great. So I'm at this Bible preaching church and I'm soaking it all in. It feels so good. But we didn't have community and they were all, the, the average age was like 82 years old. And so somebody recommended Grace Church. And we had just, we were getting married and moving to West Akron. So let's find a church in our community. So we came to Grace then, and it was the Bringing Sexy Back series. I will never forget that. Um, So, okay, now we have community. We started doing Life Group, another massive life change experience for me. I've never had a 
crew of Christian friends before. It was amazing. There's there's more to tell there. But um, so, okay, so now I have Bible teaching, church. I have community. Great. We're, we're really cruising. All right, now service. Whoa. Now my life group is, I'm, in, I'm at the coffee kiosk within the first couple of months. Well done, Nadine. You got me plugged in immediately. <laughs> um, and then, so now we're serving. And then some more like disruptive stuff. Okay, I'll shout out again. So Noel Beck has taught me so much about um, prayer mm-hmm. and uh, just hearing from God and worship, um, just unlocking my actual like one-to-one. And in her words, you have full access to the power of God and all, learning those rhythms that can get me closer there. Okay, so now I'm just turned 40 years old and, and wow, what else? You know, it can't be the end of it. So just continuing to explore. Okay. So then also when I started in this journey back at Grace Church, I had, I'll just say it, never read the Bible. I'd read parts of the Bible. I'd never read the Bible. So when we were in life group and someone asked us, would you guys be interested in leading a life group? I said, nope, not equipped. Don't know, don't know how to answer the things you guys answer. Um, and then I was invited to one Bible study Leanne Radel, thank you so much. (laughs) Kristen Jensen, thank you so much. And all of a sudden, like three years later, I looked back and I was like, I know the Bible now. That's crazy. That's so cool. And I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't say, I'm going to go out and learn the Bible now. It was just like one little thing at a time and taking um, the opportunity of all the tools that are set before me here at Grace Mm -hmm. and other city partners that we work with, humans, you know, like yourself, Joe, and um, just activating that and taking one little step. And then I look back a decade and boom, all this growth happened. That's so fun. That is so fun. You know, like there's a couple things that you triggered for me. One is um, I just I just looked it up. If if you didn't listen to Noelle's story, we actually interviewed her in November of 2019. So if you're just stumbling across this podcast episode right now because you're uh, one of the Audrey's fans or something like that, you could always go back and listen a few episodes before. She's amazing. Um, she's one of my favorite Akron people, yes. like of all time. Yeah. Um, but then like. <laughs> So this one time I was uh, at the Cleveland Zoo and we were just um, doing Cleveland Zoo things. Yeah. And all of a sudden, someone like 15 feet away said, it sounds like church. And they turned around and they're like, I thought that was you. They, <laughs> they heard my voice okay. and they were so used to hearing like the Welcome to Grace script or, mm-hmm. you know, like the the virtual lobby stuff that we do but for our online community. And um, I'm I'm so often saying things like, you should take your next step, or we have these classes, or we have these groups, or we have these things. And like, I think for some of us, like that starts to sound like, yeah, 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 there's stuff. Mm-hmm. But like you mentioned, like, no, for real, these small steps yes. are a big deal. Like, how would you encourage someone to like, maybe start to figure out what next step, um, you know, almost whether it's a grace program or not, but like just what mm-hmm. next step should I be taking? Mm-hmm. Oof, that is, I think, the que- that's the question that everybody <laughs> would ask. And that, uh, that people would look to probably people like you and me and say, I see something in you. You know, mm-hmm. even, and this is just reminding me, we want people to see us as, or we want non-believers to see us as Christians and say, wow, you do something different. What is that? Mm-hmm. What, you know, what's the source of your joy, right? That's yep. the no-brainer moment. But then even when we look to fellow believers, there's a goal there for them to see us and see a maturity and say, wow, what is that? And I even had a friend, I sat down with her earlier this week and, and I was able to do that. And and I didn't really know what to say because it is this organic um, and incredibly 
personal journey, right? Yeah. So God knows us so intimately, and therefore the recipe, the prescription, it's not a silver bullet, um, except one fact, which is to be obedient to the next step. So looking at your giftedness, I think, is really important. You know, I love the shape group. Yeah. Um, it's the shape connection. So if you haven't done that yet and you're listening to this, please um, look up the next shape group. You might even get connected with me to be your shape connector because that is something that I love to do. But within that, it really just looks at your unique design, your unique shape, and where your heart lies and where your skills lies and your experience and then helps you to understand how you can be used within the church. And most of those conversations go far beyond, like, should you be in first impressions or in creative arts? There's so much more depth to that. Tears are are frequent in those conversations, but it's so good. So I think um, remembering that it's personal because our God is personal and that's how he cares for us. And then also looking at... um, you know, where your maturity is at and where, what aligns with the, the gaps that you're, you're sensing, um, and feeling like could be filled in and how God can use that. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of shape myself. Uh, it is probably way more than what people initially Mm -hmm. expect. Um, and it's also one of those things where like you kind of get out of it, what you put into it. Because if you just kind of go in like, "Ah, I just want to take a class real quick and see whatever, Mm -hmm. and I'll take an assessment and then maybe I'll volunteer, maybe I won't. Like if that's your mindset, then, you know, you might not have the uh, report that Audrey just gave. But there is, we've seen some really amazing things come out of that simple process. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And I love that. And I love that you and Gary have served there for so long. Now, one of the things you mentioned was life group. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I would love for you to k- kind of talk a little bit about your almost start to up to recently current journey mm-hmm. with life group. Like, how did you, how did you find one? How did you get into one? Mm-hmm. And then how did that kind of take you all the way through what ended up being the summer of 2022? I could talk all day about life groups. <laughs> okay. This, uh, I want you to listen so hard here because, at least for me, this was one of the best things that happened to my husband and I both, our marriage, our family, our, our community, our friendships. Um, so this all started and it was 2009. If you remember eye care, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You probably still have that orange shirt, don't you, Joe? That mine burnt got, orange mine, shirt. I wore my shirt so much that it is destroyed <laughs> somewhere. Like I, It literally started to get holes. The, yes. the thing, but I just Because I wore it all the time. Yep, I love that. You yeah. really cared. Well, <laughs> um, okay, so in 2009... And let me rewind. So in 2007, we started going to this church and they talked about life groups and all these things. And I'm like, I'm here, I'm filling out. We used to have paper like attendance cards, which I loved. And I would fill that in every time and it would say life group. And I'd look at Gary, hey, you want to do life group? And of course, as many people think, we don't have time. We don't, oh, that's a big commitment. It's like this like literal, like emotional lift that you'd have to take to think about scheduling something like that into your life. So we pushed, pushed, pushed. Um, And then Grace did this initiative called Eye Care where. They asked the entire church, just try a life group for a period of time. And then the climax of it, the ending was we went in, we canceled services. I don't was that the only time we ever did that? Maybe we did it twice. I think we've done it twice, yeah. We Ironically, canc- it was a it was called go and do, yep. but it was the same idea. Yep. Yeah. 
it was I care like three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, so I care. We closed the services that weekend. You came in. There was no chairs. There was flags, and you were assigned to go out into the city, all wearing these burnt orange yeah. I care shirts, which was amazing. And we did all these projects. So, anyways, we went to these short-term, temporary, try it before you buy it, <laughs> life group situation, and. We walked into the living room of Kyle and Nadine Crocker. But the beautiful thing is we were all new. Nobody had ever been in this group before. And that was also probably a hard thing because we had no idea what we were doing. But we were, um, we all had no kids, recently married, or some of us single or dating. And we hit it off like uh, nothing I've ever experienced before. So we get into this, you know, six week temporary thing and we're hanging out. I'm telling you, five to seven days a week by wow. the end of it. pizza nights, serving opportunities, midnight movie fests, all kinds of stuff. So it was really cool. But also that's when the the real deep growth started to happen because I'm witnessing all these people who are quoting scripture and talking about discernment and all these things that I'd never considered. Many of them had been through either Christian high schools or colleges. So there was just a foundation there that I didn't have. And I loved it. And I, again, sponge mode. Um, so then we kept going with that. And that's where, you know, the question mark, oh, you guys, Audrey and Gary, you'd be great leaders. And Ryan wrote him in, would catch us in the uh, lobby all the time. Hey, guys, talking to you about leadership. Oh, I don't know. Um, but that community that like, and I'll just talk a little bit about the soft side of it as well. Think about junior high cafeteria, Hmm. you know, church can feel like that sometimes. Where are you sitting? Who do you know? And I'm, I'm pretty susceptible to that stuff. And I will say for the first time in my life, I remember thinking, I am so comfortable, open, vulnerable with these folks. I didn't walk in and feel like, is anybody talking about me? Is there any, like, it was so pure, such pure friendship. And I think friendship, Gary and I talk about this a lot, actually. Friendship is something some adults really need to learn about yeah, um, and, and grow in and, and can be really painful. Um, so the friendships that were built there, that community, the social stuff outside of just like Bible talk was, was really cool. And so then, you know, years later, we did end up going through the training and starting our own life group. Um, we, we had called it the no baby group at the beginning. Our old group was the no baby group because, you know, we were all the people without kids and then all of us got pregnant at the same time, which (laughs) was really amazing. That's another like top pro tip. If you can get pregnant with all of your friends, please do that. It's really a good time. Um, but then we all started having kids. So we entered that season together as well. And then, you know, there was more goodness in that time. So we were out, we had a life group for four or five years and, you know, um, it was more than just a weekly study. It was, it was our, we did life together. Let's go. That's the phrase, like know it, live it, give it away. Yeah. Like we did all that, all the above. Um, and then we took a break from that and then we joined a life group and then we started one up again, did that for another four or five years. And actually we just retired for the second time a couple weeks ago. So That's awesome. we're out there in a resting stage again, but, but those friendships are still there and many of them are sprinkled across the country now. And we go and visit with them and our, some of our friends, our kids, best friends, are those kids yeah. that were born in 2011. It's so fun. I mean, my my daughter is only seven, and sh- that would already be true for her, too. Mm-hmm. Like, some of her best friends are the ones that we're in group with. And yes. It's uh, it's so good. You you share things with Michael Jordan, you and Gary do. You've retired twice. <laughs> <coughs> and, uh, Not as yeah. many rings, though. So, no, but, you know, there's you could be in the GOAT status. I'm just, okay, that's over the top. <laughs> but <laughs> Gems in heaven, not rings on yeah. earth. <laughs> that's so good. Well, um, it... One of the things that um, 
strikes me about you, Audrey, is you're you're a passionate person. Like when when you get excited about something, mm-hmm. I, th- I think the people around you know that you're excited about something. So, yeah. what are some of those things currently that like have you have your wheels turning or have your motor running? Oh man, I can yeah, I can get pretty passionate about things. And um, a couple people recently have been share like asking me about that. Like, what's that twinkle in your eye? And I've been really trying to drill down on that because I do get you know, excited and passionate about a lot of things. But recently, I, I'll say what's been really stirring is um, like <laughs> sharing the gospel, which is really strange, wow. but maybe not easy to do. And um, so in, in spaces like in the workplace is a big one, um, in those maybe older friendships that mm-hmm. um, have been hanging out for a while and there's not been that catalyst moment in, in our families, things like that, you know. So um, just really digging into what that looks like and then, um, you know, how, how can you encourage? So one of the gifts I believe God has given me is that boldness and like confidence to to actually share it in a setting that could potentially be uncomfortable, that might be a result of my lack of like foresight or future-mindedness where I'm just like, yeah, just say it. And afterwards, I'm like, oh my gosh, you just talked about something that could have potentially been uncomfortable, but you didn't think about it in the moment. So thank you, God, for that um, <laughs> lack of foresight. But um, yeah, so that's been something that's been pretty exciting for me. I recently got to enjoy the gospeling teaching. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that that really, really shook my my bones there. Um, and then how do we, yeah, give that away in the community as well, Yeah, we, even though it's not comfortable? No, it's not. Uh, we recently hosted a, a salt and light gathering. We do those periodically just to have a powwow come together. And, you know, if, you, if there's people in your life that you're like, I really want to pray for and reach mm-hmm. uh, for Christ, how can I be salt and light in those areas? That's what that gathering is for. And yeah, Audrey's been a part of those. And yeah, we just had one of our, um, matter of fact, he'd be a great interview, um, but uh, we just had one of our ministry partners and his wife come up, Nathan and Jenna Wells, and they shared um, this idea called gospeling because it's all about having these ongoing conversations and these regular presences in people's lives, and they do it in some crazy neat mm-hmm. ways uh, at low-income apartment complexes yes. and all this kind of stuff, which is a fascinating. They lead a ministry called SeedNet, and uh, it's really, really cool. I agree. That, that stuff was very... Um, challenging, encouraging for the best of reasons. So let me tell a little piece of a story of that day for me, which was like another life-changing day. Um, We had a family live with us for a few weeks. He's from Puerto Rico, Hmm. and they were just in a scenario that they needed a place to live for a period of time. That's another piece of our story, but that was what was going on. And they were moving out of our home that day. Now, um, I got pretty attached to them and really cared deeply for them and was trying to get certain things to come through for their scenario that, that to allow them to stay in the Akron community, and that didn't happen. So they were moving to Cleveland in low-income housing community. And the day they were moving, I went to gospeling, where Nathan and Jenna Wells told us that they walk around low-income apartment complexes and pray and, you know, try to share the gospel with those folks. And I thought, as I sat there, this is wonderful, God. Thank you so much. I'm going to ask Nathan and Jenna if they could go to this apartment complex (laughs) where my dear family friends are moving and they could pray for them and they could, you know, help sprinkle Jesus around Mm -hmm, (laughs) their apartment mm -hmm. complex. And the Lord was like, Audrey, 
you could do that too. <laughs> Nathan and Jenna don't have to go. You'll be there in a couple hours. Wow. Go and do it yourself. Wow. And I, it was like, whoa, all right, let's go. So then, now I'll admit, I was, I was nervous because this was an area that, you know, the, the optics would not have um, indicated that a f- you know, female walking around at dusk would have been a great idea, but the Lord had told me to go. So no matter what had happened, that was the plan. So I, I, we were moving things in. And I just told Gary, I'm going to slip away for a little while, if mm. you don't mind, and I'm going to walk, walk the area. So I got to do that, which was amazing, and then gathered the, the family as well as the other helpers around and just essentially like prayed over their home and their family and their community before we walked away, which I never would have done either of those things. And I'm so grateful that that timing worked out. So that's the thing. It's like I showed up at the gospeling thing because Sunny sent me a text message and okay, yeah, this Puerto Rican family can stay with us because somebody asked me and just saying yes to both of those things aligned to that moment and that teaching and that lesson that is really going to change me forever going forward. Mm -hmm. I love that mindset of... uh... I think I've heard Pastor Ezra say before, like the predetermined yes. Mm. Like, if God's going to ask me to do something, I mean, why wouldn't the answer be yes? That's you right. You know, like He knows best. He knows me best. His plan is the one that's actually playing out, not mine. Um, if you know, if we use the Bible word and Jesus is Lord, mm. that means I follow Him. I listen to Him. I do what He asks. Mm-hmm. And so, if He says, "Hey, would you go up to this apartment complex and pray with this family?" You're like regardless of kind of how I feel about it in the moment, mm-hmm. yeah. And I don't... You've probably experienced this too. I have found that there are a lot of ministry-esque moments where I don't emotionally feel like doing it. Mm. I don't want to go up to the place. I don't want to have that conversation. I don't want to step into there. But I feel this overwhelming nudge that I need to, or even just out of obligation sometimes, like I'm supposed to, I'm the life group leader, or mm-hmm. I'm the pastor, or whatever. And then you show up, and it happens, and you're like, God, I am so glad I was there, like, to witness it, to be a part of it, to help with it. Like, have you seen those moments other times, too? Yeah, that's what spurs you on to do it again, because that's the best feeling in the world. Yeah, it's so good. Now, you mentioned uh, utilizing your house uh, Mm. with this family. Like, Mm -hmm. you guys have a pretty big passion about using your house, Mm. Uh, so Mm -hmm. talk to me a little bit about, like, your guys' passion for hospitality and just... All that kind of stuff. Thank God that he made Gary and I both this way. Because <laughs> I hear so often people saying, oh, my wife wouldn't like that or my husband wouldn't like that. So like knowing that we are equally gifted, passionate, and open to this kind of wild lifestyle that we live. Now, our children aren't necessarily there yet, but that's okay. <laughs> They're maturing and we're setting a good example. But um, when we were praying about moving and, well, I shouldn't say that. When we were talking about moving, <laughs> we decided to start praying about moving as yeah. well. Um, and so uh, bringing that into the picture, and this would be years of time leading up to, you know, so many times, I don't know if you play the Zillow game every now and then, yeah, and you get into, oh, I found the perfect one. We need to move now. Oh, wait, mm-hmm. there's always going to be a perfect one. So we're playing the Zillow game on and off, and but just like prayerfully throughout all that time, like we wanted to have just like extra space, extra ability um, to do whatever God needed to do with this new this new home. So the story of how we got our house is so cool and I'll I'll say that for another time but um we just God gave us this home and it was it was really cool. Um now we don't have like we had really wanted something maybe with an in-law suite or or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. We didn't get that. We just have rooms down a hallway. So the first opportunity that God gave us to 
Actually, I'll tell you this, like people would be like, oh, well, I'm looking for an apartment. I'm like, do you need a place to live? Do you want to, you want to come stay with us for a little while? And there's like, nope, nope, no. There's a bunch of de- de- um, duds that came along the way. And then my girlfriend, who I think this is a cool part of it, is she just was aware of this part of our heart. Mm-hmm. So letting like something that's on the inside of you, if you're listening and you have like this stirring, just letting that out and talking about it, I think is important. So many people so. are really nervous to even share these things, like get it out into the world and see what happens. So she knows that we want to use our home in this way. And her church was sponsoring um collectively, this family from Guatemala that was um, a refugee from gang violence and such in their hometown in Guatemala to get them out of detainment and all this. I don't really even understand the whole story because they mostly spoke in Spanish, but um, they needed a place to live, essentially. And then the final two family members were coming up and they asked if we could house those two family members out of six. And they'd been separated for a really long time. And Gary, my husband, who's (laughs) just a rock in this, said, I bet they'd all like to be together. What if we had all six stay at our house? Because they were pieced in parts at different houses. So we're like, all right. So we were on vacation and they needed a place to move into the next day. And so we got home on Monday morning and prepped the whole house and welcomed this family of six into our home. And that really kicked it all off. You know, they um, they lived with us for a couple months and we're still connected to them right now. Like we hang out with them often, but they stayed with us out of this need. And and we certainly got questions. This is a little strange. Why are you doing this? Don't you believe in the border system? And, uh, you know, I'm not going to go there today, but all I know is this family doesn't have anywhere to live. Yep. So come on in, folks. Yep. So that really changed us. And then one after one, literally one after one, like moving out the same day the next is moving in. God kept presenting people to us. We're like, all right, let's go. Individuals. Um, and then there was a season where we didn't have anybody, but then, you know, just recently with this Puerto Rican family. And it's like little pieces of my heart are are like outside of me now. It's so weird. Like it's almost like hmm. like when your kids go out. I have never had a kid go off to college, but I feel like maybe that's what it's like. And um so that's been a really amazing stirring. And then, you know, just seeing, I think, then what our friends will say as they witness this, and I pray this is what our children think and eventually mature into, is, wow, okay, <laughs> that um, seems really risky and crazy. Maybe the one little thing that I'm thinking, like, I could do that. I could do that, too. I don't mm-hmm. have to have six Guatemalans live in my home, um, and, but... I could do I could do that one thing that's got stirring in my heart, and that's my hope with it. I always, whenever I share the story, um, is that there it encourages somebody else to do maybe that wild thing that God's asking them to do. I'm always a fan of those God nudges. Mm-hmm. Like He knows, He just knows. Like the the passion that's in your heart, the way that you're gifted, the person He's paired you up with, the person He's bringing before you. Like He knows how all that's playing together. That's the that's the plan that he's working out, you know, like Romans eight twenty eight. you know, he's working together for good, or working together all things for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. Well, you and Gary continue to do everything you can to run after him and love him. You're called according to his purpose, and mm-hmm. so he's working together these mm-hmm. things, and so it's like, whether it's visiting a family that you know up in Cleveland, or whether it's having someone else move into your home, or whatever it is, God's like, I know. Mm-hmm. And I'm working this together for good. And so, yeah, if our listeners have a nudge about something, like, follow it. You never know where that dream's going to take you. Yeah. That's so fun. Yep. So <clears throat> what are, um, what's 
on the horizon for you? Like, um, what are some of the things that you're like, man, if I could see this maybe take place in the next couple of years or next 10 years, like I would love to see this happen. I know you mentioned you're stepping into this whole new wave of what it means to share, uh, mm-hmm. help people see who Jesus is and stuff like that. But um, is there anything that you're getting excited about moving forward or dreaming about into the future? I've been really introspective on this recently because uh, I kind of feel like the gifts I have don't land me in a really set specific ministry, Mm. Um, but I have some like more overarching gifts that every ministry could benefit from and and potentially even request the services of a lot. (laughs) Um, What I'm trying to say is I'm asked to do a lot of things, which Uh is wonderful. And the, you know, busy people stay busy and keep doing busy things. And, and, but without like just being busy, like how, so what I've been really thinking about is how am I intentional and actually maybe honing in, in some of this stuff, because especially at Grace, there's sports ministry, creative arts ministry, there's give it away, there's life groups, there's women's ministries, a growing um, realm here. It's so wonderful. Um, Okay, so what does Audrey's ministry do? And I do think that, um, I'm still not sure, but what I've been venturing into is, yes, this more, um, uh, what I learned and and got shaken by at that gospeling course. Okay, so how can I do that across all the areas? Or, um, you know, I do believe that God gave me some gifts that are um, meant to help others in a visible I have a really hard time talking about this, and now there's a microphone in front of me, and I'm trying to spit, spit it out. Yeah, but we are not trying to peel into any secrets, so you don't have to overshare. Yeah, no, but it's just like it's okay to have a voice, and it's okay yeah. to share. Like even stumbling through what we do with our home, like I don't, I guess I don't want glory. Mm. Okay, let me let me share another amazing piece of all of this puzzle. I got to baptize my friend a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and I think this wraps everything into one story. So she is somebody who, through social media, we knew each other, but we didn't really know each other. And she was witnessing certain things um, in my life that I shared um, on a public platform like Facebook, and um, whether it was just like church things or um, how I managed business things and different things like that. So there was an interest there, and, and we grew this friendship, and... I wanted to share Jesus with her. And she was a name on my bracelet. If you know what I'm t- saying there, mm-hmm. at Grace Church, we pray for our three. Yep. We should always have three folks on our heart that we're thinking of or intentional with and we're praying for to know Jesus, either for the first time or more deeply. And so she was on my bracelet. And so I started inviting her to things and talking with her and just really shining my light um, that, you know, I should say God's light toward her. And as we recap the story now and seeing the way that God weaved that whole thing together, um, there was this kids' playgroup that she started coming to, which led to a Bible camp invite for her kids, which led to a Christmas um, Eve service invitation, which she attended. And then that led to a, um, you know, she started coming to Grace and then she started serving in the two, three room with me. And that, you know, all these pieces, again, seeing like the tools around you, if if you just start inviting, I think that's another friendship and inviting, like those mm-hmm. are two great tools that can be used. And she just kept coming to things. And then just one day realized like God broke her heart open and said, 
the the piece that's missing here in your life is me. It's it's Jesus. Like have that in you. That's what you see in these people around you, and that's what you can have too. And that's a wonderful thing. And then you know she invited me to baptize her, and I mean it, it was just a, a, an amazing experience. So um, I think being when I when we were talking about that, I said, I just want to be up there with a Jesus mask on so people don't see me as the, any person that led you to anything. It's just like, these are all Jesus things that happened, that happened to have hands and feet that I was involved in, as well as many others. So I think that's, um, it's okay. What I'm learning is that it's okay to have um, that voice yeah. and to be um, to be seen in the things that you are doing all for the glory of the kingdom. And I, my prayer is like, God, when I'm wondering what of these options before me I can do, I ask him to show me the eternal mm. so that I'm not spending time to be busy. I'm spending time to impact eternity. That's so good. Y'all should rewind <clears throat> and listen to those last couple of minutes again. Like, that's so good. Like, I hope that we can uh, keep that mindset this is such a temporal life that we live, and the only thing that we get to take with us is what we've done for Christ, mm-hmm. um, and hopefully many others that then discover Christ through the process. Man, it's really good. We're at the place in the episode where I like to at least ask a couple of, um, you know, the nitty-gritty, Audrey. This is where we get into all the details. So uh, what is your favorite food? <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay. Um, my favorite food, this is strange, but if I had to pick one food to eat for the rest of my life, it would be soup. Wow. I love soup. That's... I like brothy vegetable soup. Wow, that's amazing. Yes. You're... It is good. I mean, you're right. That is good food. That's good soup, but you might be the first person I've ever heard answer the question yeah, that way. And not that's pretty pizza, amazing. not pasta, just some good old brothy soup. So where? what is your favorite, uh, like place to go get soup? Um, I really like my husband to make homemade soup. Yeah. Okay, and he doesn't even like soup, so that just shows how sacrificial wow. and loving he is that he That's makes awesome. soup even. Does he have like a, a, a key one? or? He's got a pretty good um, Zupa Toscana knockoff oh, from it. Nice. Uh, uh, Olive Garden? Olive Garden, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a, that, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> that was a bad attempt at an Italian accent there, but um, very fun. And uh, you guys like to travel. Yes. What's one of your favorite places that you've been able to explore? <clears throat> I spent college, part of college in England, and wow. Gary and I were dating at that time, and he visited me there. So another piece of my heart is there. I actually even Gary proposed to me in London. So, um, so we love to go there. And Very we can't wait to take our kids there someday. That would be really great. And if you have free time just to do blow off steam, have some fun, whatever, what's one of your favorite things to do? Mm. Well... I think, mm, well, if I'm blowing off steam and having free fun time, I love to karaoke. Wow, no kidding. Fun fact, at our life group sunset ending party, we had a worship karaoke night. That's awesome. It was amazing. (laughs) I don't think I've ever been to one of those. That sounds really fun. Really, really fun. Well, so the last thing that we'll talk about here, Audrey, is... um, so what our listeners don't know at the moment is I'm actually interviewing our next host for this podcast. Dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, the reveal <laughs> has now happened. So Audrey, just, you know, um, what are you excited about as you get to dive into hosting Grace Unscripted? 
well, if you didn't do the math already, um, having a voice is okay. Mm-hmm. And so exploring that, and if if I felt like God was telling me that that was good and okay, then this this invitation is from him as well. Like mm-hmm. that alignment again, wow, these two things that I couldn't have planned to happen at the same time. So I'm super grateful uh, for the trust and the, the invitation. Um, and I look forward to, I love meeting new people. I love that initial um, get to know you, even small talk, some people might call yeah. it, but I just dig that. And then that passion, what I'm worried about is I'm going to get involved in every single person's ministry because I'm going to get so <laughs> excited about what they're doing and I'm going to think it's amazing and I want to <clears throat> I want to do it too. So that's really what I'm excited about. And really also to take all that stuff I was mentioning before, things that are on the inside and let it come out. Yeah. Tell, if you were doing it personally, let's tell your family. If you're doing it with your family and your household, let's tell your community. If your community is doing something, let's take that outside of the church and go into the city. Mm-hmm. You know, I think like taking these things that are held inside and giving them a little bit more light on them so that they can grow is what I'm looking forward to. That's so, <clears throat> excuse me, that's so, so awesome. Well, Audrey, thanks for um, peeling back the curtain a little bit, letting us get to know you and and I hope uh, many of us are inspired by some of the things that God has done in her life and um, one of my favorite things about Audrey, is she's just willing to ask God, okay, what well, do you want me to say yes to? Mm-hmm. It's really, really fun. Uh, and I pray that more of us would continue to pray that way as well. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. I can't wait till we jump into more and more of these stories uh, as we continue to peel back the curtain and see Grace Unscripted. All right, we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.